Today's conversation shares the story of Mike and Elizabeth Zawislak of Blue Green Gardens. As they are beginning their ninth farming season, let's learn how they are refining the focus for their boutique flower farm with an emphasis on wholesaling to florists. We like to hit spring very hard. We, we have a lot of crops that we grow for spring, particularly with the floral customers. It's trying to extend that. So like foxglove in a tunnel, foxglove out in the field. So the foxglove mm. in the tunnel blooms first, and then you get to the stuff in the field. Knowing what works best in our climate, soil, we're very wet. We have heavy clay soils. We have shade because we want to keep trees and things like that. Or perennials, we're definitely adding perennials, but it's like things like sarracenia, pitcher plants, dogwood that will take the wet soils. Instead of beds, we're planning to add more like little pockets of like down by our creek, we'll add some things or along the fence line or even up by the house as we landscape around there of like smaller pockets of things that we know we can cut from. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 647. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 750 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., and we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Elizabeth and Mike Sawislak of Blue Green Gardens to the Slow Flowers podcast. Blue Green Gardens is a boutique cut flower farm specializing in high value products supplied to wedding and event florists in the greater Columbus, Ohio area. As you'll hear in our conversation, I first met Mike and Elizabeth in person back in 2018 when I hosted a Slow Flowers meet and greet during the Team Flower Conference back when it was in Orlando. We all enjoyed our time together and I'm thrilled to share their story with you today. Elizabeth and Mike's flower love story started with their individual love of the outdoors instilled when they were young. They both followed that interest through life as young adults, which eventually led both to Longwood Gardens, the nation's premier public garden in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. They continued to work in gardens on the East Coast until their engagement, when they decided to move from Wilmington, Delaware, to Elizabeth's hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Planning their wedding, including its design and vision, impressed on them that their horticulture experience, their love of flowers, the outdoors, and design could become a family business. And Blue Green Gardens was launched in 2016 with the purchase of farmland in Lancaster, Ohio. The property was in the same family for many years and was used most recently as a horse pasture and dumping ground. So Elizabeth and Mike's goal, in addition to raising beautiful flowers, is to restore the ecosystem there and to maintain its natural beauty. They use sustainable practices in both the flower field and the floral design studio. 
and they are allowing most of their property to remain in its natural state of woods or meadow to support wildlife. I'm excited to share this conversation with you today. Let's welcome Mike and Elizabeth to the Slow Flowers podcast. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Show. And I'm Deborah Prinzing, and I'm delighted to welcome our guests today, Elizabeth and Mike Zawislak of Blue Green Gardens. They're based in the Columbus, Ohio area. You guys are in Lancaster, is that correct? Yes, Lancaster, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Lancaster. Okay, great. Well, it's weird. We met uh, years ago at a team flower conference, I think, in Florida, right? Is that? Yes. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember talking with you in the, the lobby of that of that property. So. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I had a big sunburn at that point. Uh. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I, I was trying to remember, did you have children then? Or? No. Okay. Nope. That was pre-kids. Yeah, you, had, you did a Slow Flowers meetup. So we met there and then, yes. you know, got talking. I don't even know. A lot has happened. A lot has, yes, a lot has happened since then. That was like, I want to say 2018 or something. It was 2018, yes. And so I, you've joined Slow Flowers. I religiously read your newsletter. You have beautiful content. I'm going to pop up your website in a little bit, but um, give me, let, give me a snapshot right now of what, how you describe Blue Green Farms. And I love the name. You maybe oh, tell us you. how that, how that name came about too. Sure. I guess we can start with that. <laughs> The name Blue Green Gardens, um, yeah, and I'm I'm glad you like it. It's kind of I go back and forth, um, but it that name kind of popped into my head. Um, and we can talk. Mike and I actually met at Longwood Gardens. I was an intern there. Um, I don't know what year that was. A while ago, and <laughs> I was just thinking about what I was going to do next, and just something came into my head. I'm like, I'm going to own a business, which is something I always wanted to do. Um, I'm going to name it Blue Green Gardens, which is I collect um, art pottery, which is that color, kind of like a celadon color, and that inspired it. It's just like something that was always in my life around like that color. Oh, neat. Uh, I love yeah. it. And uh, it actually started out first as a landscaping company. I was doing just like home landscaping for people. And then as we transitioned, we, we can talk about in a little bit yeah. kind of how we got to where we are now. Um, but we just... Um, Kept the name. Well, let we don't have to follow my original outline. We can just ditch that. Um, I, I want to follow this thread. So, Mike, you were at long. You both were at Longwood Gardens, and, and Elizabeth was an intern. Were you in the graduate program, or what was no, your? No, I was actually a full time full time employee. I worked there for seven and a half years. You're kidding! I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! No, I was a, a groundskeeper, a senior groundskeeper. Um, so taking care of the turf areas and then I guess towards the end of my career there, um, when the East Plaza was built, so like the grass steps yes. on the semi-circle, that was kind of yes. my baby. So I was in charge oh. of that. So. Oh, we got to, we got to throw a photo of that into the show notes. That's kind of an epic, oh, um, yeah, we should yeah. find some pictures. Uh, yeah, I mean, how like- many people want their wedding photo taken there, right? If Longwood did weddings, I'm sure it would be a big place. <laughs> big, big thing. Oh, I see. So, so you might have to just go get your family photo there. You can't. You yeah. can't get your wedding. Oh photo. yeah, we can do it. But there, I'm sure there are pictures of Mike uh, giving his like talks on. He would give uh, you know lectures and things over there. So. Yeah. I mean, they Longwood has such an amazing reputation. It really is the gold standard for people in horticulture. So how great that you both had that. Yes. Um, connection and mm-hmm. neither one of you at the time was thinking about flower farming. I guess that's 
that's the, no. the aha moment, right? No, not no. at all. Yes. Just, nope. I mean, Mike didn't really, I don't know if you thought about plants, but yeah, no. definitely not flower farming. <laughs> he thought about little short plants. Yeah, little <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're from Ohio, Elizabeth, and then you guys decided yeah. to move back or? Yes. Yeah. So I um, did my internship there right after college. Um, Mike is from the area. So he's from Northern Delaware. Um, and then, gosh, yeah. So I did my internship. Uh, I moved to DC for another internship with Smithsonian Gardens. Moved home briefly moved back over there because of Mike. So we were still dating. Um, I worked in an arboretum there, um, Tyler Arboretum in Media, oh, wow. Pennsylvania, while Mike was oh. working. Yeah. And then we got engaged and we were actually looking over there to live. And it just, I don't know what we decided. Like I just wanted, well, of course I wanted to be home, you know, people Either you don't mm -hmm. want to be home or you want to be home. I like mm -hmm. being home with my family. Um, but it just, we knew eventually that we wanted to own a business or I did. And I just felt like it would be easier with my support system, my family and friends and people I knew mm -hmm. um, in the central Ohio area mm -hmm. rather than kind of starting out there. I mean, there's a lot of horticulture yes. in that area. Yes. Um, a lot of horticulture, it's very expensive as well, um, you know, land and property mm -hmm. and things. So, um, you know, it's like, let's bring the things we've learned here and kind of bring that back to central Ohio and try to do something funky That's cool. cool here. What year was that that you ended up going back to Lancaster then? 2014. Okay. And Mike, were you all in? I mean, you're entrepreneurial. It's just that you didn't necessarily... Uh, have a you know a strong affinity for flowers. I don't want to so put words in your mouth. We didn't even decide that we were going to be flower farmers at that point in 2014. No. Mm -hmm. I think we we moved. We actually lived in Columbus, um, and her parents lived in Lancaster, so we would come down quite a bit. And we started growing veggies uh, and a little bit of flowers, yeah. and kind of did some far, like a farm one farmers market. I think we were bringing. I don't, I don't know. know, but that was like part time, like for yeah. kind of for fun. We were not yeah. fun, but it was like, okay, we're going to do this. We had other random horticulture jobs that we were doing. Yeah. Then I started my landscaping. We were still doing market gardening, you know, on the side, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so did it all kind of come together when you found your farm? I mean, it seems like that's sort of. Uh, yes, I would say gave you the potential. What start, yeah, what started it was probably um, Andrea meeting Andrea Gagnon at her at the Lindell Studios workshop. Oh, um, right. So we had been dabbling in flowers. I think I'd started to focus mostly on flowers at the farmers market. Um, but it was kind of that. Eight, I mean, Instagram had been around for a while, but it still wasn't quite. I mean, definitely not what it is now. Right. Um, but just seeing peaks of, you know, floret of other growers, it's like, oh, wow, like this is a thing. And then we wanted to learn more. And really once we met Andrea and did her workshop, it's like, yeah, I think we can really do this. That's mm -hmm. definitely how it got started, like mm -hmm. seriously. And mm -hmm. then we started to look for land. So we were growing at my parents. Oh, I see. Property. You were kind of in the vicinity, but using your parents' land. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So the same, they're five minutes away from us. So when we bought our land and our house, we, we weren't looking close, but it's just how it happened. Um, but we were commuting back and forth from Columbus. Um, it's about 35 miles. Oh, wow. So going to grow and live at our house and still doing, 
I don't other know, jobs mowing and yeah. um, he worked at another public garden in Columbus and at Ohio State and we were wow. doing different things and so we were um, then yeah it's like okay we can get serious like we saw what she was doing and knew that we had the skill sets for that and um, it's like let's get serious about this. Mm. That's neat. So, That's really great. Yeah. Um, so today, I know things have changed a little bit as the business has evolved over, what, almost 10 years then, right? Yeah. That's amazing. 2016 was when we did the Linville workshop. We got our purchase some land that fall then. Okay. How many acres do you have? So we have seven, <laughs> seven and a half acres. We farm on, it's like a third of an acre of bed space that's field. And then we have about uh, 4,000 square feet in tunnels. Wow. Okay. And then we actually did grow this past year. Uh, we had about another 4,000 square feet over at her parents that we, where we originally grew that we let grow, go back to grass. We put some plants over there. So that's great. It's like a family, like your parents don't farm or, or garden for yeah. you or do they, yeah. they do childcare though. I bet. Yeah, my yeah, they help out a little bit with that, but no, they don't take care of any of the stuff. Well, I know you're going to try to film a video, so maybe we'll be, yes. get a little snapshot of that, and and you've shared some photos, which we'll we'll definitely include in our show notes. So Mike is opening up what we call the big tunnel. Um, it's the widest. It has four beds in it. What's in here? So this is our first succession of ranunculus. Uh, some delphinium, second succession of ranunculus. We threw some sweet william in the tunnel, see if we can get it for mother's sake, because we think it'll be a good filler for everybody. Um, we have some orlea and then the butterfly ranunculus in the back. Um, these are the two successions of ranunculus are about three and a half weeks apart. And we got about four inches of rain yesterday so you can see we yeah but I, was it that much four inches of yeah. rain over the past few days we've had a lot of rain um our tunnels get pretty wet the walkways um get flooded so when it's cold it's tough um you know we're trying to get some air in there right now it's about 45 so we're opening up the tunnels to vent them but then we're going to drop down into the teens and some negative digits next week so we're trying to make sure we get some good airflow it's so really it'll just be uh cold and wet and that means rot and disease um so i got us all off track with our my original questions but let's start and talk just about a snapshot of what is blue green gardens today um and how how do you fit into the larger floral landscape of the greater Columbus area? Because I, I know there are other flower farmers there as well. Um, yes. I don't know what this, whether it feels crowded or whether it's still very much e emerging. I'd really be curious to hear that too. Yeah, so we are very small. I mean, you know, Mike just gave you our, um, you know, the, our land use. It's very intensively yeah. planted, but we're very small. Um, for the most part, it's just us. We have had some staff um, on and off and, here and there, but um, right now we um, sell wholesale to uh, mostly event florists, a few shop florists in the Columbus area. Pretty much they're all in Columbus, um, Granville area. So if anyone's mm -hmm. familiar with central Ohio, all within about like 40 miles of us, kind of um, some different directions. Yeah. Um, and we also have a farm stand um, on the property, uh, brand new last year. That's awesome. We just, you know, kind of 
not the extras, but it's like what wasn't sold for the florists. And we love doing bouquets. So that was kind of my outlet for being able to do bouquets because we stopped pretty much all the rest of our retail and CSA. So we're, we're, you know, we've talked about your themes for the year, simplifying. We're definitely trying to simplify our business um, and narrowing down our markets from what we had before. Um, Yeah. And and picking the ones that are probably the most profitable too, right? Profitable and easy. Well, I guess easier, but like more focused for what we are doing in our lives with two little kids and, um, you know, kind of wanting to do it ourselves and be home and uh, be flexible as well um, with when we're able to work. I think that's why we even, one of the reasons why we took that big jump into flower farming was so that we could spend more time, you know, with our family. We didn't know we were going to have kids at that point in time. Yeah. Um, we wanted kids. kids, Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but with her parents, my parents, um, you know, her brother and his family. Yeah. Our family is all here, but just to be flexible. Um, Mike, did your, Mike, do your parents live out in Ohio now? They ended up moving out to Ohio. (laughs) How smart of you. (laughs) They're an only, he's an only child. Oh, well, Hey, that's (laughs) awesome. He's the, yeah, you, I would want to be with, with my only child too. That's cool. So, so you've created this sort of, um, like you said about the network, like, or the support system, you've got that all built in. Um, the, when I, I didn't mean to like focus just on profitability, but some of it is just how you use your time. So for example, the farm stand, is more profitable than farmer's markets probably, right? Uh, or... Yeah, probably not yet, but in terms oh. of like our time, yes. Um, of like, you know, driving, setting up, being there for hours. And you, you know, did that scene, right? Yes, for many years. Yeah, yeah we were doing about three markets a week um, for a few years and we kind of s- slowly narrowed it down to the best ones for us. And then we just, yeah, it just didn't, uh, well, we loved it. There are many yeah. reasons why we stopped doing farmers markets um, that we can go into now or not. I well, mean, we've some been... of those, some of the, yeah, let's talk about. It. I mean, I'm hoping that some of those fans of yours from the farmers markets are driving out to your farm stand now. Yes, a few are. We need to, uh-huh. I think, push a little bit. Um, marketing and sales are not my forte, but um, you know, push a little bit harder to get people out here. But yes, we've gotten texts from customers and things saying, "Hey, I stopped out. You know, wish I could have seen you or whatever." But that's why we we have it, so we're not. Uh, you know, doing too much on demand, like doing that, but it takes a lot of time to yeah. do that, you know, face-to-face interaction with our customers. So what is the season? Like, is it, is it kind of follow your farming season or is it just summer? For the when farm the- stand, mm-hmm. it's our whole season. So we started a few weeks before Mother's Day um, last year. We could have started earlier. This year we're trying to hit Easter um, with the farm stand because that was actually a pretty big floral holiday. Oh, oh yeah, I bet. Um, so Easter through November, Thanksgiving, we were doing up till Thanksgiving this year. So we probably had our longest season ever, I get this past uh, season. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I'm generally, I follow you on Instagram. I'm generally familiar with what you're growing, but I, I don't know your whole, like what you're emphasizing and, and how is that, is, you know, is that been informed by wanting to go deeper into wholesale and knowing what those wedding designers want? And plus you're a designer too, like. Yes. Maybe just walk us through the year um, of what what's your first crop that what are you going to have at Easter ranunculus or yeah we'll have ranunculus um, probably some anemones we try to push them back a little bit later because um, when we first started growing them we would have them in February and we'd have nowhere to sell them 
Oh, um, yeah. So how do you do of, that? How do you push them back a little? Or how do you slow them just, down? We'll just plant them a little bit later. Oh, we stay, okay. We stay relatively cool. And then once like we get to April, it really starts heating up. Um, yeah, tulips. Tulips, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the normal bulb things. Yeah, and then narcissus. We, we like to hit spring very hard. We, we have a lot of crops that we grow for spring. Um, and it's particularly with the floral customers, it's trying to extend that. So like foxglove in a tunnel, foxglove out in the field. So the foxglove mm. in the tunnel blooms first, and then you get to the stuff in the field. Um, mm. Orlea, delphinium, uh, the cutting Lark- violas. Larkspur. Yeah. Wow. I think, yeah, what do we have? It's everything that we have planted now. So when you, um, in the video, um, yeah. you know, you'll be They'll able point to things see- out. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much everything is up and green, whether it's in our high tunnels or we have direct seeded things in the fields that have um, right now just have row cover, like fabric row covers on them. That's a lot of our direct seeded crops. Um, it's so crabs. smart, especially to have that kind of two two phases um, because the florists aren't necessarily asking, is it field grown or is it in the high tunnel? They just want the foxglove, right? Yes. So you get like maybe three or four weeks instead of one or two weeks or? Yeah, hopefully longer like than five, that. Five, six weeks. Five to six. Um, and that's awesome. a big goal of ours um, is to to have that continuity. Um, so really, you know, sometimes some of our crops are even new to some of the florists and we'll have it, you know, say we had it for a week or two. Well, they didn't even get to use it. Or, hey, do you still have, yeah, peach foxglove? Like, well, no, that was a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, You've got they, they they're a little late to the game and then it's too yes, late, right? Yes. Yeah, and yeah. So we're really trying to extend that, yeah, at least for you know a few weeks, a month or two to get that. Yeah, you don't want to crush their hearts. <laughs> no, <laughs> not crushing their hearts, and it's like we feel bad. You know, it's that pressure of like, well, we want you know to give them what they need. That's why we're here. So how can we do that, really? Mm. And yeah, it's a lot of. Mm. You know, our spring things are in. We're planning successions for, you know, March and then June, um, you know, to get fall. So really, yeah, we focus on spring and fall okay. at this point. Um, That's interesting. Everything always drops off kind of July-ish. Even when we yeah. did farmer's markets, it's like, you know, people are on vacation or whatever. It's really hot. And also because we're so small, we can't have everything at once. So we have to plan out our beds like with a lot of detail. Like, oh, I see. Timing. So whatever you're growing now, you're going to flip it for fall. Yes. Or late summer. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have more acreage. Could you expand or is it some of that just not farmable? It's not farmable. Um, we have wooded areas. We have like a ravine in the back of our house. Um, it's also then like getting water to mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. So like even we did expand some beds up closer to our house um, and we pull hoses like from our house rather than where the you know irrigation. a lot of like the farm stuff is we have like a big fence and like um like a deer fence and gates around some things um where we had water up there and now it's like you know pulling mm. hoses and stuff like that so we do expand we are kind of every year expanding but it's more and that you know we're talking about future things if we want to talk about future yeah. of like knowing what works best in our climate soil we're very wet we have heavy clay soils um we have shade because we want to keep trees and things like that or um you know perennials we're definitely adding perennials but it's like 
things like saracenia, pitcher plants, dogwood that will take the wet soils or tolerate so more of what we have going yeah. on. So instead of beds, we're planning to add more like little pockets of like down by our creek, we'll add some things or, you know, along the fence line or even up by the house as we landscape around there of like, you know, smaller pockets of things that we know we can cut from. That's really neat. Yeah, farm rows of... It's just, yeah, it's integrated into your life on this land. And so that might mean more of a garden-style planting than just production, right? Yeah. Yeah. So talk about your wholesale. Like, are you the delivery driver, Mike? Or do you, like, do they come to you? How does that work out? Um, So we do have people come and pick up. um, But most of the people in Columbus do... They pay for delivery. We deliver um, it's Wednesdays unless they meet a minimum, and then we can kind of work work something out. Um, if they want it, it helps with harvesting. Time. We have yeah. our own wholesale website, um, so you have to sign up. We get all the copies of you know all the records that we need, and they can. It's all listed. We try to have pictures of just about everything. If it's something new, sometimes we don't get a picture up like that first week, but we try to get it up the second week. Um, that is or available. they're going to see they're going to see your Instagram that where you probably yeah also that's most of the stuff goes there first that's so much yeah. easier <laughs> you know? and then there you're getting all these direct messages like I want that yeah. <laughs> save it for me so are you delivering one day a week generally yep. Mike or okay mm-hmm. and and how um, I mean you, it sounds like you've built that for efficiency like you're you want a full truck when you leave the farm it's pretty much always full sometimes I mean like Mother's Day last year we had what three. I don't know. We've had a couple of times we've had to rent another truck or rent rent something else. I mean, we have a cargo van, but like, yeah, sometimes you need something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We used, did we do twice a week? We used to do twice a week. Um, because we also had our CSA was delivery, mostly delivery into Columbus as well. Um, so I think that we would do a forest only delivery and then the Fridays we would do no, also, was, I don't even remember. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was combined. So we would, yeah. that second florist, it was kind of like a, you know, it was a Thursday, Thursday yeah. or Friday. Yeah. And it was like, whatever, you know, you didn't get in from the wholesaler, we can supplement, know, supplement, whatever, whatever you're missing for whatever event. Um, yeah. And we would do our CSA. So it was kind of like, how many buckets can we fit in the van at that point in time? And I think it was when, more with our harvest schedule as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now we have to, Wednesday delivery is kind of tight at the beginning of the week. Like we pretty much harvest to order. Um, so, you know, that squeezes us a little bit, but then it's fine. It's like, we got that. And then the weekend then is more, well, was events, um, but then the farm stand. And that's a little right. bit. Um, easier what what hour what days is the farm stand open or is it or when do you stock it um it's this year last season was thursday friday and saturday yeah you think about doing that again probably i mean we're it was like so it was so new i am still trying to figure out what Mm -hmm. is the best target like i thought we'd get people um you know coming home from work or something we're on a pretty busy road we're right outside of downtown lancaster um and that wasn't really the um, thing. I think it was more people like daytime. So that's easy for us to kind of like lunchtime people were running out. Huh. So it's like maybe the weekend doesn't even make sense because there's also a farmer's market, which is about um, a mile away from us on Saturday. 
where there's yeah, maybe maybe you get your weekends back then flower farm yeah and we do yeah. that's pretty and pretty that's, much the bouquets are done and we load them in there oh and then it's like we come we clean it up like it's an honor stand yeah it's honor mm-hmm. so yeah um you know we clean it up whenever like we're available that like Saturday afternoon or, you know, yeah. if we're out, then we don't really worry about it too much. And if we're home we go like, you know, let's all go take a walk out to the farm stand and, or, you know, drive the gator out and, um, you know, <laughs> that's the family outing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it is. Do you have, you have a, a, like a two toddlers, right? Or what are your kids ages? Well, no, our son is almost four. I guess he'll be four by the time this it's is a big on. boy. My daughter is six months old. Oh, six months. I know. I remember. I think that's when I got in touch with you is like, oh, congratulations. You just had a second child. Yeah. Remember, we we're going to do the podcast. Or yeah. Let's add one more thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when you talked about events, um, it, I know you do some design work. Um, is that mainly you, Elizabeth? Or how yes. do you squeeze that in? Yeah. So then uh, so I stopped doing that. Second oh, baby. Okay. No more events. I would do, what was my last wedding? Well, not. My yeah. last wedding was like a week before, she, a month before she was born. Um so we stopped doing that, but yeah, pretty much since the beginning, well, 2017-ish, um, I, you know, people, of course, at the farmer's market ask you for wedding stuff. Yeah. So yeah. ever since then till now, I would do full scale, you know, like everything or just some a la carte DIY wow. buckets kind of have like run the whole gamut there of like scale of weddings. Um, but we are not doing that anymore, but pretty much it was me. Um, I did have, I have some great... Um, freelance um, people, like friends of ours that are great for us. You know, we met them because of flower things and their friends and we would, um, you yeah. know, together on that. So Do that was you're... really, really fun. But yeah. it just brought a lot of plan. It was a lot of planning and sometimes some unpredictability. Um, yeah. We're trying to like really kind of have a schedule going. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about like controlling your schedule, doing weddings is not part of that con- no. equation, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe sometime in the future you'll go back to it because yes, it sounds like I you really get a lot of joy of it. Yes, I love it. And we have talked about, you know, like if we didn't have the farm, I would love to be a florist. It's very, yeah. I, you know, it's very hard to do both. We did it. Yeah. I don't know how some people do it. I guess like that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yes, we say I'm like <laughs> when people still ask for weddings. I say like, I'm not doing it now, <laughs> you know, maybe five years from now. <laughs> we'll add it back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not... Are you doing like the DIY buckets? Um, yes. For, so we're for... doing DIY buckets. You know, I'll do a bouquet here or there, or we have um, some longer standing clients of like local nonprofits, um, which I still love helping them out. And that's an easy thing to do because there oh. are no restrictions really. Sure. You know, oh. they say, here's our budget. Can you do some things for us, you know, for this? Like gallery. for a centerpieces or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's great. That's great. How about you, Mike? Do you design work? I, I get pulled into it a lot of times. Um, Making those bouquets probably, right? For the No, I don't do the bouquets or like centerpieces. It's normally the arches or the installs <laughs> that I get pulled into. And I just get left by myself. <laughs> yeah, Mike's my favorite helper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Say, How come this doesn't look like my picture? I said, I, no. didn't, I didn't remember. <laughs> no, he does a great job. And that's as I go, because I am more of the, you know, I was had the meetings with the client and things like that. So I am more of that face and bringing the bouquets to the bridal suite and, you know, that kind of thing. And while I'm doing that, then he's kind of like loading, unloading, you know, <laughs> setting things yeah. up. But yeah. He's yeah. Oh, my gosh. Coach. 
They need a, a beautiful grassy aisle that 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 the couple can walk down if that you're the guy. something like that where we had to lay sod or something, I'm sure Mike would be like, yeah, we're, we can do that wedding. We got that. <laughs> I feel like I got off topic when we were talking about your year in flowers. We kind of got all the way through spring. Yes. Um, what happens after Mother's Day? Well, what are you growing or harvesting? Yeah. Oh, okay. So we, we get through June pretty much of all of our like overwintered stuff or like early spring sowed stuff. Um, once we get to the beginning of July, like this past year, so Beatrix, our daughter was born in the middle of July. Great time for a flower farmer, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Good planning there, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but normally like that would be Elizianthus would be in that time frame. We're trying to push it back a little bit now, more mm -hmm. try to catch like more that August, like the wedding kind of industry here, it seems like it's more the spring and then August, September, October. And now it's like even getting into the beginning of November. Wow. And if you could have Lysianthus later, you know you'd sell it. Yes. To the I mean, designers. pretty much July was hit or miss because most of the florists know you can get that locally. Um, yeah. And we hit on a little bit of flower, other flower farms around the area, which we can talk about um, in a yeah. second. But so they know, okay, yeah, Lizzie's hit in July. But most of them don't need them around then. So it's like yeah. the second flush, maybe September. So like part of our goal is like hitting that, like when, you know, can we have them when they actually want to use them, especially like the really pretty brown colors and the champagnes and things like that are more towards like a fall wedding palette. Yeah. So we're, that's, uh, we're trying to figure That's a great goal. I was yeah. just interviewing some other flower farmers who do market, farmers markets primarily, uh, in the Hudson Valley area. And they were like saying the exact same thing. Like we've got these premium Lysianthus and the farmer's market customers are getting them in their market bouquets. Yes. They have no idea how yeah. amazing this is because the, the weddings are not happening in the hottest part of summer. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. What else are you like, are you pushing to do more like dahlias and mums and uh, yep. grasses and that sort of thing? Or Yes. Yeah, so fall we get into the dahlias. Um, this year we tri trialed some snaps and stock in the tunnel. Um, the stock worked out really. It was probably the best stock we've ever grown We've for never later grown in, the in the spring again. Wow! Only going to grow it in the fall. The snaps never bloomed for us. They were six feet tall. <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try to start them earlier. Yeah, but the we'll stock, the stock, you can get some beautiful peaches and. Soft yellows. Yeah, and it was so the that's brown. What was that? Brown. The vintage brown color was so beautiful. So, yes, we're trying. That's how we got through Thanksgiving this year is we really had all the mums. So we did mums for the first time this past season. Yeah, and more fall. Um, well, I guess they were summer planted for fall. Yeah. Cutting. Yeah, that's your, second, that's your second season, really. Yes. Yeah, and pretty much even our things like zinnias, we might get a few before. So we call it our like July break is what we're yeah. trying to do. It's like a mm -hmm. middle of July, kind of after 4th of July, a couple of weeks where we're not selling wholesale necessarily to focus on, you know, taking care of everything. And it's just super hot. Yeah. Um, but we'll maybe have a few zinnias before that, but probably not even that. We're, the past week we've been doing all of our planning for the year. And we're really pushing even our planting dates back a little bit to make sure we're hitting kind of like mid-August and then extend that, you know, as far as we can into till frost, which is normally mid to late October. 
Wow. I, I just, what I'm hearing you say is so practical. And I wonder if more people could try that where they just divide the year and a half based on how you use your land and what you're growing. And then you kind of just like flip it for your second season. Yes. And obviously you have perennials and stuff, but the things that you have to plant fit into that model. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah, we've learned um, a lot. It was it was always very stressful to try to hit that. Because always before, if you think about it, yeah, it's really three. It would have been three seasons. Phases, like spring, yeah. summer, kind of that early midsummer and then the fall plantings. And for us to get that early midsummer was very difficult because, and we much prefer the spring flowers. They're yeah. like, you know, so beautiful and fragrant and just much more interesting. And the florists prefer them as well. Um, so it's like, if we can extend that kind of the, the spring season or those spring typical crops and then head into the fall, cause it's like, yeah, zinnias, I mean, cosmos are great, but zinnias, celosia, sunflowers, you know, it's like, Eh, you know, we'd rather yeah. have fresh and exciting and really curate our color palettes as well yeah. for more of the fall wedding season. And and higher value flowers because yes, of the, yes. the ones you just mentioned, they're seed grown, they're, you know, kind of perceived as farmer's market flowers, even though I, I love them all. Yes. Um, but you're able to kind of, you're competing um, with what the wholesaler's charging or. There's Sunny Meadows is in Columbus. Yeah. He, Everybody knows yeah. them, all the local yeah. florists nationally, everyone knows huge. There are a lot of smaller farms about our size, um, smaller, but a lot of them are doing farmer's markets or kind of just starting out. And that summer stuff is the easiest to right. grow. So a lot just of them, let them all have that. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys got it now. We're, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're so you're really trying to, you're trying to develop Blue Green Gardens as sort of like a boutique artisan um, design focused grower um at the scale of maybe a small market family-owned market farmer but um but just with a different a different product mix yeah that's exactly it thank you Deborah, (laughs) for describing it so well no I mean of course I know Gretel and Stephen have interviewed them many times and I love what they're doing but not everybody has the on-ramp to scale like they do and it doesn't sound like you're interested in that and and you can still serve designers who love your eye and love what you're curating and there's pl- probably enough enough demand for everybody if you just kind of find the people who get you and love you yes yeah that's exactly and that's, we have a great like a great niche of like local florists that we really enjoy working with that like it's i mean we were talking about it earlier it's like customer service too so like yeah we have the wholesale website you can see pictures but you know sometimes when you see pictures, it doesn't always show the color or something like that. Or if you right. Google something, you'll get five different shades of the exact same dahlia or something like that. So they'll call us and we can send them a picture um, up against yeah. other things from their palette. That's a, that's that's a lot of you know, like detail curation basically. Yes, and I mean it's. I never thought of it as sales, but basically it's sales. You know, if you have a you have a sales rep at your wholesaler, which helps you, you know, they, they help you with things like that. Like, why yeah. wouldn't we do that too? And it's our product that we're growing. You know, yeah. like, of course, I'm going to send you 15 pictures of the flocks or whatever, you know, because, like, I want you to use, like, I want your designs to be beautiful. Yeah. You know, we help you, you help us. Like, it all, yeah. you know, it all works out. And, I, we, you know, we talked about Mike, Mike is the delivery driver and we've talked yeah. about, should we hire someone, blah, blah, blah. But it's like half of his time is spent talking to, you 
<laughs> I can tell you're so personable and they, they trust you and you probably do a lot of troubleshooting when you're out and about because you hear things from people. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We help. I mean, well, you can talk about like, can this be out of water or what should I do? You know, like things like that, that we always think that they should know these things or of course they, you know, but they don't, or it's a new crop. Or the big thing, like one of our probably our top five sellers this year is like forage foliage. And we'll cut stuff up to nine, 10 feet tall. From your property. Yeah. So for an event florist, that is hard to come by. You're not going to get that at the wholesaler. Right. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And you, having done all those installations, Mike, you're like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. And that's the thing that's helped. It's like, we've done this, you know, not a on huge, huge scales like some of them are doing. But, you know, I worked for a florist for a little bit to learn some things. We've been doing this. We've done workshops or, you know, no other people, you know, or they're telling me this fall was like, okay, well, I want fall branches, but it only needs to be a touch of red or whatever, you know. And maybe some people won't put up with that, but we're like, okay, we can figure that out, you know. Hey, that's why you have all that extra, far, uh, like, forage or uh, forest land, so you can you can yeah, use that we as need a... to keep some of it, or we go to my parents, they have woods, or Mike used to stop on the side of the road. You know, autumn olive or eliagnus is a huge thing that people use, you know, terribly invasive. Um, we have some that we just like chop at constantly here yeah. on our property. Um, but if we didn't have enough or we like, oh, well, these are really big straight branches. Mike would stop on 33, which is like the big highway into Columbus, stop <laughs> on the side of the road and like grab armfuls and throw them into the van. <laughs> Mike, you need like a, a construction helmet and an orange vest it's, so that you don't get busted. Speed limit's 70. That's a good idea, though. <laughs> a fifth <laughs> yeah. Well, let me pop, let me pop up your website. I meant to do that earlier, but I want to just like show people. Okay, let's see. This is your homepage. Are you both doing your own photography? This is so beautiful. Uh, yep. I I take all the pictures. That's, that's why there's no pictures of her. <laughs> yeah, because I take them all. This is your little guy. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. What's his name? That's Jamie. Jamie. Oh, Jamie and Beatrix. I love it. And this is some of your design work. Yes. Yeah. That's some pretty old stuff, but yeah. No, but I think it's still good to have it on there because this oh, yeah. is who it's, you're, it's this is who you're... that's why it's still on there. It's like some of my favorite things that we've done. Yeah. Well, it's also who you're marketing to. Yeah. So, um, so then you have your farm stand, uh, hours, which are yeah. great. And then, um, the other tab was, um, oh, services. Uh-huh. And this is where I think you're really, you're really trying to develop the wholesale um, point of view. So people have to apply for a wholesale cr- uh, credentials or? Yes. Yeah. Just contact us and we, you know, have to get their vendor's license, the same thing that everybody has yeah. to do and then get them set up on our um, website, which um, we use local line, which is kind of like a, a sales hub. Oh, what is it called? Um, local line. Okay. So is it used by like market farmers and that sort of thing? Mar- yes. Okay. Market farmers. Um, also, um, well, we're involved with, it's not even a co-op. I don't know how, like a market that sells local products, like all Ohio products. I, and like, yeah, I saw that on your website. So you take bouquets to that market then? 
Yeah, so we used to sell on consignment there. That was also like a big part of our start was selling consignment bouquets there. Um, and now actually they're one of our wholesale customers. So I do um, wholesale bouquets. For oh, them. let's see that. I think it's you have that listed right really here. Great. Keller Market House? Yes. Okay. Um, but so they use it as well as like a hub. So a bunch of vendors can sell through one thing. Oh, they use that um, platform yeah, then, you mean? This year we're hoping to do sell retail through that as well. So we have our wholesale catalog on there. Um, but then I'm hoping to also do kind of like the, our DIY stuff on there, but I can do, say we have our wholesale bunches. I can also do, um, you know, have a different catalog with different pricing for retail right. bunches. Oh, that's great. As, and would those be delivered or be picked up? Pretty much yeah. picked up. I think we're done. One delivery day yeah. is yeah. <laughs> is good. I used to spend like three days a week. Yeah, it was I spend more time delivering things yeah. than farming. Mike, do you have a, a refrigerated, uh, you said you have a panel van. Is it, is it have a cooler or how do you manage that? Okay. No, I mean, it's just air conditioning. I mean, everything's coming from our walk-in. It's just like, like it's, boom, boom. It's just like trans, yeah. the transportation is 30 minutes at the most and then it's going back into the florist cooler yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to ask you and stop staring at the flowers behind you while we've been talking. What do you have back there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What do we have? So it's a lot of our dried oh. stuff. I still have uh, things up from our wreath workshop. So that's in the uh, like late fall, winter time we do um, like wreath, evergreen wreath workshop. So we use a lot of the dried flowers. Wow, they that. hold their so color we have, really well. That's gorgeous. Um, yeah, yellow and orange marigolds. The yellow marigolds are one of my favorite things dried. Um, Larkspur, celosia, some sea oats, amaranth. That's amazing. Oh, some yarrow even. Um, Wow. So we're at a period in time right now where you're super busy because you've been planting through the whole winter, it sounds like. This is no like vacation time for you. It's slower. Okay. It's much, much slower Good. than. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're very relaxed. I would say most of our planting is done for the next year. I mean, when is our next plan? I have anemones. Oh, anemones that are going to go in. But um, March, I think, is our next scheduled planting yeah, time. Um, yeah, but it's been very serious planning. Like we've been in on the dining room table with like giant sheets of graph paper and I love it. You know, charts of you know days of maturity and you know all just what everybody oh, does. Yeah, it makes my head hurt to think about. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I love I love the story of how you're kind of as I said dividing the year, but also dividing your markets from the retail and the wholesale. It sounds like you have room to grow on both of those. Yes, that's what we're hoping. Because we've cut down, we had, I mean, we started doing farmer's markets. We were doing weddings, CSA, retail bouquets, workshops. Oh, I guess that's something else we're expanding. We had cut back on the workshops, kind of like, you know, COVID, kind of lull, and the people were back into it. But we had little kids and all of this. So we're definitely hoping to get back into the workshops, um, but getting that all scheduled out. But yeah, we're simplifying down to basically two, three-ish, you know, kind of markets and then trying to grow within yeah. those. Like our floors are great, but like we talked about, you know, the consistency, extending the season, you know, extending how long we have things so that they basically just meeting their needs yeah. more. You know, we, we're so small, but we want to be able to meet at least for, you know, three or four floors that they can buy everything, almost everything. All season long. From I us. Know. and. <clears throat> yeah, and some of them don't have wedding every weekend, so you need to actually have more yeah. 
to absorb the those weekends too. Mm-hmm. Well, I see all the vases behind you, so I was wondering, going to ask you if those are for workshops or not. I some um, will be saved, but that's on my uh, my task list is going through everything. We also have a room over here that has like bins and bins up on shelves. Um, so I'm going to be sorting and dividing. And a lot of those will probably be going to our florist customers, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, guys, we don't have flowers right now, but do you want to go through my hard goods? <laughs> hey, by the way, I am a big collector of McCoy pottery. So I, when oh. you described the blue green, I w- that came to mind. Is that the kind of pottery exactly. you collect? So, yeah, McCoy, Weller, Roseville, um, yeah, mm. I have a new going into Mike got me a Francis Palmer. So I have, oh. you know, a little, it's like little bits of things that I have. Um, but yeah, it's a lot because most of those are from Ohio as well. It's like right. a very local. The, um, all those so ceramic yeah. companies, American pottery companies were in the yes. Midwest, weren't they? Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. Soil. It's all the clay and soil. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to ex- uh, text each other some photos of our favorite vases. I love it. Yeah. Love that. Um, well, we'll share some lots of photos that um, Elizabeth and Mike just sent that I'll put in our show notes. And I just am delighted to reconnect and hear, hear more about what where you're at. I think there's a lot of takeaways here for our listeners who might be trying to figure out what the next step is for their small farm. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. And we're always here. I mean, yeah, if people have questions, we love talking. We love teaching. Um, so That's wonderful. I love it. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon and happy new year. Thank you. Happy new year, Deborah. for joining me today. You will want to check out our show notes for episode 647 at slowflowerspodcast.com to watch the replay video of my interview with Elizabeth and Mike and to see a short video tour of their farm. I'll also share links to all of their social places and we'll have some bonus photos to share. Our next sponsor thank you goes to The Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. And thank you to Storic Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot, a popular solution for flower farmers, studio florists, and farmer florists. Save thousands when you build your own walk-in cooler with the CoolBot and an air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. Thank you for joining me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table 
one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.